It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by John Brazier, Director of Fun and Games. And, uh, John? We are in the offseason, Tom. Officially, we are in the offseason. But uh, some other seasons are getting going. Yep, you got the Sixers starting up pretty soon. The Eagles, obviously, in full swing. And you have the Flyers have already had a couple games under the belt. And who better to bring on for our podcast is our, our buddy Lou Nolan. Lou, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Nice to be on. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, Lou. It's great to hear you. You know, we see each other uh, every once in a while. I know you, you like some of the banquets that filled up the sports writers banquet. We see you there uh, every year. And I don't know, we always run into you somewhere along the line. But uh, how you doing? You feeling good? I'm doing well. Yeah, I am. I'm feeling pretty good. I think there's more than one of me. That's what happened. You know? <laughs> it's cloned and there's more than one of me. Hey Lou, I think you. I, I think you. Uh, you were the PA announcer, I believe, for some of the alumni games of which I was lucky enough to partake huh. in. Joe Watson invited me out to play in some of those alumni games, so uh, I believe you were there. You were doing the PA announcing, right? Do you do the alumni? I games? I believe I was. Yes. Yeah. You're a Harvard school guy, you know. Exactly my right. My son was. That's right. He's a player there, so. Yeah, I that, played hey. there. That's something you That's never forget, Lou. Yeah, it's not something you never forget watching John trying to play hockey against uh, the Broad Street Bullies. No, I'm, against- well, I'm with the Broad Street Bullies. Oh, is that how no, that works? Yeah, we played again. I was on with the team. I was playing against like some you know all-star men's league. Team. So the hound doesn't take a running start and no, try to slam you into the board. Take, take on his teammate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, they try to set you up, John? I don't recall. They, they did. Did they try to feed they, you the puck? Well, the first game I played, um, it was pretty funny. I was nervous, as you can imagine. And I figured youth is on my side, right? So I just, But I ended up skating like a chicken with my head cut off. And I remember the, my first play, and you'll, you'll love this. My first play was uh, I was playing left wing, and the defenseman sends it up the boards for a breakout, and it glances off my stick. Now, I, hadn't, I didn't lose it because the, the defenseman's backing up. And all I can hear is Joe Watson yelling at me, going, you, blank, 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 you, blank, 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 get that blanking buck. <laughs> and I was already nervous, and that just made me a little more nervous. So I didn't do anything my first game, yeah. but, but I did play again. Reggie Leach was our coach, and um, I actually, uh, they did set me up. They said, just get in the slot. And uh, thanks to Michelle Petit and some other guys, I scored a hat trick in the first period, and that was my Look at that. probably my biggest hockey oh, glory They set moment. you up big time. They did set me up. Yes. There you go. You know, uh, you're probably going to do my leg stick. Uh, yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> right. I think it was a coho, my old co. I, I stayed. I stayed with the wooden stick too. I did. I never really got into the. Uh, you know, there's fiberglass and the ones that separate, and you got to buy the shaft and the yeah. blade. No, I was an old school one, yeah. one wooden stick. I do envy you, John, because I mean, to be able to play with the Broad Street Bullies. I mean, that would have been. I mean, if, if you had told the my you know ten year old self, twelve year old self that I would have gotten a chance to play with those guys, it would have blown my. 
mind. So it must blow your mind that you it had this great yeah, experience. Yes, exactly. Ah, well, Lou. We're, uh, uh, hey, we were just, uh, before you came on, John and I were just talking about uh, Dan Baker, his 50th year, your 50th year, and how lucky we are in Philadelphia to have uh, just great, PA announcers and guys uh, who are just so part of the community and uh, part of their team and identified so much with your team. Did did you know Dan uh, when when you first got started? Did you guys kind of meet and trade notes? Uh, you were both young and getting started. Yeah, we we kind of did. Uh, you know, our seasons are opposite. So, uh, but we see each other at events, and uh, you know, I will say that uh, he is one of the most wonderful guys I've ever met. Uh, and, uh, you know, along with you two, of course, <laughs> of course, uh, but, uh, of course. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Dan, Dan's a wonderful guy. And uh, yeah, we did trade notes. I don't know. You know, we we're working two different sports. Yeah. Uh, he had different, uh, guys that he liked to talk about the, the Morandinis and, you know, people like that. And I had, uh, you know, Simone Gagne, I had more French guys. So, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of different. We had, we had a good time. We talked to one another, you know, over a cocktail somewhere. Now, Lou, I read the uh, your book, If These Walls Could Talk. Uh, great book, uh, and it's still available. I was in uh, Barnes & Noble the other day and picked it up. Uh, so I know, but tell the listeners out there, how did you get started? Everyone wants to know, you know, people that have dream jobs, of which obviously you have a dream job, how did you get started with the Flyers? Well, uh, I guess it's uh, right time, right place is part of it, but uh, I was always uh, the guy that uh, – Never believed that the basketball was coming back to my hand when I played in the neighborhood, you know, right. even though it was round. <laughs> so I couldn't dribble worth the crap. But I was a football player and soccer player and played baseball a little bit and all that. Played, played a little hockey in the street, things of that nature. But uh, I first uh, had uh, I met a guy in grade school. His uncle was a gold judge at the Ramblers. Uh, they were a team in the Eastern League way long ago. They played at the arena, which was at 46th and Market. I think it may be knocked down now. I don't know. But uh, in any event, we used to go to those games uh, uh, on Friday nights. Uh, and uh, this guy, George Lennon, and I used to go with his uncle. He was he was the gold judge, as I mentioned. And we'd run around the rink. You know, we were rink rats. And then the end of the end of the night, you know, all the broken sticks, we'd take them back and we'd tape them up and put our uh, shoe skates on and, and go behind the, the school to a newly resurfaced street that mm-hmm. not many cars got on and, and played. And... Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I used to watch the original six on TV. You know, I was a sort of a different kind of guy. But, um, you know, came hockey. Uh, I remember once I was driving down to Margate uh, to uh, to have fun and chase women. And uh, uh, sure enough, there was a billboard that said the Flyers are coming, the NHL. So I said, oh, boy, look at this. It's on Route 42. So uh, when I get down there, I meet Joe Cadillac. You guys know Joe. Oh, of course. And, uh, Love Joe Cadillac. He's, he, yeah, he was the first PR man and the first of a whole lot of different things in the league. Uh, he doesn't get his real just due, but he should. And, um, you know, uh, I said to him one day, you know, he got the PR job. He worked for the Daily News at when I first met him. And we went out to celebrate. I said, hey, I have a little background in hockey. If you need anybody to help you, let me know. So he said, I don't know. Well, maybe. Who knows? Come to a cocktail party next week and we'll talk about it. Next thing you knew, I was uh, – distributing stats in the press box of the spectrum uh, for a couple of years there and, you know, recapping the goals on the, on the, uh, the phone in the press box area, things of that nature. And when the announcer left, I told uh, Lou Scheinfeld, who I'd met, a wonderful guy there too, uh, that I want to do that because there were, it, it was not like there were 
TVs every 10 feet or less or six feet like there are now in press box. There were no TVs. Right. So uh, uh, I'd be writing and you hear a roar and you look up and, you know, guys would celebrate. So I missed thousands of goals <laughs> and um, I wanted to see them. So I said, well, let me get down there. I announced on the phone. Maybe I could do it down there. So I went for a um, uh, audition while they were putting the third level on the building. Mm. And uh, they had, you know, a, a big sand on the floor, you know, like 10, 12 inches worth of sand and blocks and stuff and cranes in there. Those low profile cranes. And uh, I remember going over to the, to the box where the mic was and just as I'm set to go, you know, they cracked up the crane. So I said, excuse me guys, I'm here for an addition. It's really important. Would you turn the crane off for five minutes? Ding, 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 ding. So they turned it off. And, and Seinfeld said to me, he says, you got it. You know, I know you got the voice for it, but if that doesn't rally you, I don't know what would. So nice. I started the year before the first cup, you know, timing yeah. is everything again. And, and one of the uh, previous one of the previous PA announcers was the great Eddie Friends, who was the longtime Phillies traveling secretary. Right? Yeah, did you know that? Absolutely. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think Gene Hart did the first two periods, and then went upstairs to do uh, to do the third period on radio, and Eddie jumped in, and he started doing it then. Then I, I guess he did it for a full year or two. And then went across the street, uh, and uh, you know he has a lot of hockey background. Oh, I know he played minor league hockey, uh, he, right? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. And he worked with the Jersey Devils when they were in Cherry Hill, uh, Class Z League. And uh, you know, hey, it was uh, he was a wonderful man, wonderful man. And uh, uh, yeah, he was one of the predecessors. And they brought a few guys in to try it. Gene Kelly, who did some baseball, and he just didn't have a concept of what he should do. Mm. And um, you know. Uh, that's what, how I wound up with it. The guy before me, Kevin Johnson, he went with the Blazers, Philadelphia Blazers, in the World Hockey Association when they came in. And then they, they moved to Vancouver after the first year, and they didn't need a Philadelphia PR man in Vancouver. So he was out, and I was already in at that point. So, uh, you know. And your first game was right. something happened memorable, right? There was uh, something with Bob Kelly. Oh, yeah. To tell about the first your first game as a PA announcer. Well, the first game and the first announcement, really, you know, uh, any consequence other than the welcome. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a fight. Uh, we had a lot of them back in those days, as you well know. And, uh, geez, uh, you know, uh, I start to make the announcement, and the players weren't real happy with one another. And we used to keep the pucks in a, in a, a bucket on the ice, you know, on ice, so they'd be frozen or theoretically frozen. It wouldn't bounce all over the place. And the guy threw the ice uh, and the pucks that, uh, Kelly and, and uh, uh, there it was I happened to be in the middle so <laughs> in the middle one of my announcements I was showered with a, a little bath of ice and hockey pucks <laughs> first water. game yeah, it's your baptism <laughs> yeah, first, your first, baptism first announcement I mean yeah. first important announcement so uh, you know I figured oh boy this is really going to be fun <laughs> oh Lou and uh, those early years like would would they get decent crowds before the Flyers got good and like 72 73 I was I guess uh, you know and then you know, the following year but th were there decent crowds back then I, it was a challenge at the beginning I remember because I would always write the attendance on the press sheet which I created and put up together and we'd hand that one out after the game and uh, they weren't tremendous you know, when, when the original six team would come in, like, you know, Boston or, or Chicago or somebody like that, you know, they might do eight or 9,000. And, um, you know, then all of a sudden, and I mean, I don't know what was paid, what was not paid, but it was important that people get out and see the game because if you don't see it in person or play it, yeah. you can't really appreciate it. 
you know, watching it on TV is one thing, but being there uh, is certainly another. Uh, and, um, you know, it started to go. And then next thing you know, we just, I think the number was 14646. Yeah, and, and we got a couple times that. And uh, they changed that over the years, put yeah. seats in wherever they could. And um, then it was 17077. Yeah, 17077. Yeah, yeah. I know it because yeah. I could never get a ticket, Lou. I was wound up going to more Sixers <laughs> games. I had such a hard time getting our family, I think, getting tickets. But uh, yeah, 17077. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, the other thing, Lou, is that when you're doing the – you're away from the ice now – but back then, you were, you were on the ice, you know, as you mentioned, you know, between the two uh, penalty boxes, and there was no, there was no plexiglass right there. You're, 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 you know, vi- you could be victim to anything from the ice, right? And I was. Uh, <laughs> and you were. Uh, yeah, I didn't know any better, you know? I mean, I certainly didn't know any better. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the league never had glass in front of the announcers of the penalty boxes because the guys would always jump over do something like that and you know it never occurred to me that that uh i should be protected i mean i've been dinged with hockey pucks that have been deflected and hit with sticks and even even you know mentioned bob kelly again he told me one day he said louie i'm gonna put somebody in your lap tonight <laughs> i said okay okay hound nice. and next thing you know the guy comes up the board to get the hip check and he lands <laughs> in my lap his hand hits the clock you know that now that the clock is small and does everything back then it was huge and and didn't do a whole lot and all the, you know the, everything went off and all the buttons were oh it was crazy <laughs> and the guy left and the hound came by me winking afterward he says i told you <laughs> he called his shot all right yeah. <laughs> that's right great hip check great hip check now one of the and, most uh, oh, know, God, hey, yeah. i was gonna say one of the a, most one of the most, real party yeah one of the Greatest moments, probably your greatest moment, uh, I imagine, because as a Flyers fan, it was mine, but you're right there to watch it. Uh, game six, uh, obviously the first Stanley Cup against the Bruins. Bobby Orr gets a penalty with two minutes and 22 seconds left, which I'm sure he probably wasn't very happy when he got into that penalty box since you're standing right <laughs> next to him. Uh, but how excited were you when that clock's winding down? Uh, Bernie Perron told us one story where actually uh, uh, I think it was not too much time left in the puck or in the game and someone iced the puck and Bernie wasn't paying attention. He's looking up at the scoreboard as opposed to the the puck itself. (laughs) And if that puck went on net, he would have went from the greatest goalie of all time to the, (laughs) to the goat and not, not not in a good goat way. So yeah, tell us about your, those last seconds for you. Well, uh, Bernie's story is great. You know, he heard it thump the boards and it's like, uh Oh, and, uh, but when you heard it thump the boards, you knew he was okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I remember driving down to the game. I lived in Southwest Philly in a house with a couple of guys, and I'm driving down to the game, and I says, you know, here it is, game six. You know, we got to win this, or else we'll go to Boston and be a real problem. Because I was at, in Boston for the, the one game we won up there and, and changed it to a home advantage, which was great. Uh, but you know, here we are with six, and uh, things are going, and, and uh, you know, one to nothing, and players are coming in the box and going out of the box and it's, it's a, 
anytime you play Boston, even now, it's a difficult game. You know, we have Boston tonight, and it'll be a difficult game. Um, it's because it's so tough. That's They're like that, and so are we. But boy, oh boy, you know, when, when, when Art Scove, I guess he was the rep, uh, he called, uh, you know, Clarkie um, shot the puck and it bounced off somebody and, and went into the clear. He got it, and he's cruising down there, and Ort catches up with him, no surprise there. And boom, you know, uh, next thing you know, the arm's up and was 222. I'm glad you remember that, John. Uh, you know, um, uh, the, um, uh, the penalty's called and Orr is giving him everything. He learned, you know, I learned every single word that I never knew at that point. Uh, and uh, he gets in the box. So I'm saying to myself, you know, penalty's being served and, and we're killing it. And I said, you know what? We have a chance. This could happen today. And sure enough, you know, it goes 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And, and bingo, the horn goes, and we won the cup. Man, there was chaos because we had low glass, and anybody that could climb hmm. climbed over the glass. And uh, you see those things about when we tried to skate the cup around, uh, Clarkie and Bernie trying to do it, and Schultze clearing the way for them. And, I mean, it was just nuts. It was nuts. And um, they do everything they can now to keep people off the ice, but uh, and most of the time they do it, but it was, it was chaos. And... I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you know, you get a chance to drink from the cup in the, in, in the locker room with all that stuff. Uh, I even took it to work one day. Uh, yeah, yeah. You worked, in a, those... you worked in a bank, Lou, and so you brought it to work? Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, Joe Cadillac calls me and says, hey, we're going to take pictures with the Liberty Bell. It was in the old pavilion at that point. We hadn't, hadn't been in its brand new home now. In Independence Hall. So I said, he said, do you want to go? I said, sure. Are you kidding me? So I took off from work and uh, uh, get there and, and, you know, I have a picture with myself with a cup and a Liberty Bell, which is a real keeper. And um, afterwards, you know, uh, I got him Lefty Reed was the keeper of the cup at that point. There were no white gloves. It was none of the stuff like, you know, uh, the way you do it. It just got there. So he has it. And uh, Joe had it in his car, brought it up in a trash bag. So we're putting it, we're getting it set to go. And I said, you know, Lefty, I said, the PSFS up there, there were the letters. I said, I work in there. And I said, boy, you know, people would love to see the cup. He says, well, let's take it. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Nice. So we go down, we, we, we belt it in the front front of Joe's car, and uh, we take it and put it in the parking lot downstairs, and I get it out of there, and we kept the, uh, kept the trash bag on it until we got out of the elevator, and I, I basically come walking out, holding the cup mm. over my head. Now, a lot of people knew I was doing flyer stuff then, but they didn't ever expect this to happen. And right. cameras came out of the woodwork. None digital, I might add. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people bought them somewhere or kept them in their desks. And, and your job you know, security uh, was pretty good right then. Yeah. Yeah, I was in good shape. Good shape, yeah. I could do just about anything wrong and it wouldn't be any problem. Get and were the, girl, were the girls right. impressed, Lou? Oh, <laughs> yes, they were. That's how I got lefty there. I told and I said, a lot of girls up there left. Yeah, we better take the cup up there. Yeah. Hey, so there's been a lot of great things, a lot of great stuff. Well, another moment that I remember, and I and you were right in the middle of everything, uh, the Red Army. The Red Army uh, oh, did a yeah. barnstorming tour, and they uh, we had just won the cup, and they had beaten every uh, every team so far in the NHL. 
and they're going to play the defending champion Flyers, and I knew they were in, uh, they they were intimidated a little bit because I know that we obviously played a different style than the Russians, you know, with the skating, the finesse, and the you know the puck movement. Um, tell us about uh, that game, and and you know, I guess particularly what happened after Ed Van Imp. Uh, I guess the guy ran into Ed Van Imp's elbow. <laughs> yeah, l- let me start the day before. Uh, first off, uh, you know, I I met the. Russian management and a lot of their quote unquote doctors, which were really agents of some kind. They had too many doctors and um, they were at practice and I took off again to, to be there and be part of it all. And, um, you know, a guy came out of the locker room, captain, Boris Mikhailov was his name and he gave me a pin, you know? So I, I said, uh, oh, I don't have any, you know, to give you. And I showed him my, my pockets and I took my change out. And there was a candy half dollar in there. He said, oh, so he took the Kennedy half dollar and, he, you know, he, he left. So next thing I know, the door opens and about uh, five or six guys peek out the door and he says, over there, he hands them. They come over, they start giving me pins and they all want Kennedy half dollars. So I threw the interpreter. I told them, I'll be back. And I went to the bank and got a couple of rolls and uh, handed them out to the guys. And, uh, you know, I have quite a collection of pins from that group. And they, uh, uh, that was fine. But they went on, on the floor, out on the ice for practice. Those quote-unquote doctors confiscated every Kennedy half dollar that I had given them. Huh. As you remember, that was the crew chop, crew oh, chop yeah. and Kennedy with the shoe, beating the shoe and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So uh, I gave them a few afterwards, but uh, I was almost out of them at that point. So uh. it's sad, it sad to see that, but the reality of it. Yeah. But uh, and I took a few guys to uh, patch sticks, two for cheese sticks. I told them to say uh, one wit, you know, and they all got lined. One wit, one wit. Wow! Did they like? Time. Did they like cheese sticks? Oh yeah, sure. You're kidding me. They had heard all about that. Yeah. They uh, also a bus load of them went right down to uh, downtown. This was the last game, so they bought jeans and stereo equipment and all that stuff like that to take it back to uh, the homeland because they couldn't get it there. Huh. But uh, yeah, we. Um, we took good care of them, and then we took good care of them on the ice. Sure, uh, yes. So you know, again, you yeah. Know, so talk about that. that. It was crazy, yeah. right? When that when the elbow again, Ed Van Imp's elbow, uh, and the next thing you know, they, you know, they 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 walk off the ice, and you were right in the middle of it when they were talking with the Russian officials and the and the referees and the and you know Shiro. Yeah, yeah. I think Lloyd Gilmore was was a senior ref at that point, and he had that game, and I knew him pretty well. You, you know, you knew the guys differently because talk right to them instead of through a little hole, and. um uh, sure enough, uh, uh, the game's going, you know, we're hitting them and they're not happy. Next thing you know, uh, bingo, down goes Karmeloff. And, I mean, he kind of half looked up and went back down again. And, and Eddie always says he ran right into my elbow. You know, okay. I couldn't believe he did that. And, um, you know, then they pulled a, took him over to their bench. And, you know, the ref came over. And uh, we're, we're talking with the interpreter and all. And I said, just trying to intimidate you, Lloyd. You know, you know that. He says, yeah, I know. He says, why don't you give him two minutes for delay of the game? I said, okay. So, so I, I read off two minutes for delay of the game. And uh, that was, that was the, the catalyst. Yeah. And they like went berserk and started leaving. The guy said, let's go. And they all left. Now, I went over with the interpreter to find out what was going on. Basically, to report to the fans. And um, sure enough, here comes Ed Snyder down the hallway, like, you know, with his chin held high and his veins are popping out of his neck and his 
face is red, his neck is red. Mm. He went right by all the guards and boom, right into their room, you know. And um, nobody tried to hold him up, believe me. And he's in there about five minutes and he comes out and he says, they're coming out. Okay, he leaves. We find out later, he told them that uh, if you guys don't come out, you're not getting any money because they hadn't been paid for any of the games yet. It was a single payment at the end. Yes. So uh, um, they um, they weren't going to get paid, and that certainly motivated them to get U.S. dollars. That's absolutely <laughs> nice. Nice work, Ed. And then and then <laughs> Joe Watson, you know, you guys know Joe. Joe scores the goal. Freddie said that goal set the Russian program back ten years. <laughs> yes, because he wasn't known as really a goal scorer, right? And supposedly Joe had, had quite the right. celebration when he scored that goal, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was great. And the fans, I mean. You know, you're in a you're in a building, and you've been in when you know. Obviously, I'm not sure that whether or not any any of the baseball stadiums are like that. They don't have a roof on them, but you know, if you have a headset on, it crackles from the crowd. I mean, it's just crazy. They're making so much noise. You know, uh, it, it's electric, and it truly is electric. And that's the way it was for that Russian game. Uh, I you bet. Know? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The elect, yeah, the electricity in the building, and I have to ask you too: Were you also in the parade, uh, both parades? I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, both of those. Uh, the first one was chaotic. Uh, you know, we we gathered in the, what they called the director's lounge downstairs, and uh, a guy came in from the city. His name was Harry Berlinger. I remember this like it was yesterday, and he said, "Oh, we're going to get in the cars. They had Cadillacs, right? Cadillac convertibles. We're going to get in the cars and we're going to drive up to." About Pine Street, we'll start to get crowded, and then we'll go down Chestnut, we'll go over to the mall, and Kate Smith will sing, and all this stuff will happen. Well, it was from the time that we got out of the building, you almost couldn't get in the cars. Uh, I was in a car with Joe Scott and his wife, uh, and um, uh, just sitting in the front, you know, with a guy driving, and I was, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm going to be in that parade no matter what, whoever I had to be with, but I have to get in that car. It was good. But people were passing beers in, and there was champagne in the cars already. And, uh, you know, we started up Broad Street. And from the time that we pulled out of the parking area, it was just wall-to-wall people. Yeah. Wall-to-wall people. They were hanging on, on buildings. They were on all, all the traffic uh, things, that, you know, the poles. Uh, and uh, the deeper you got into Center City, uh, the better they were dressed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they come out, of the, come out of the offices and so forth, ticker tape and uh, it's something you never forget, you know. I wish I had, uh, had a camera to record it, but uh, I have the memories. Yeah. Hey, uh, also, you know, because, again, you're right in the middle of all the action, uh, you always want to know, like in baseball, you want to know what the pitcher is talking to the catcher about when they have the meeting at the mound or what they, when the pitching coach comes out. What You know, with you, you're right in between, or you were right between the two penalty boxes. 
what if there's a big fight between Ty Domi and and some you know one guy in the Flyers? What are they talking about, or what what are some of the interactions that you can remember uh, between you know opposing players after they've you know both been sent to the penalty box? And actually, and and then sure. since I mentioned Ty Domi, talk about that when the Flyers fan uh, jumped into uh, the uh, into the penalty box. No. Yeah, I will. Well, first of all, I know the answer to that baseball uh, uh, answer for the for the coaching audience. Candlesticks. Candlesticks. That's right. <laughs> Classic line, Lou. Classic. Yeah, that's the best, man. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, they would. Uh, there were there were different guys. Guys, that, you know, were looking for a fight to, to get their reputation up. Uh, uh, you know, um, I remember Brashear when he was with Washington once, uh, fought with the fridge, and um, you know, a lot of times guys would ask for a fight because they're starting to get trying to get their reputation as a fighter. And uh, I remember them coming in, sitting down and. You know, Brashear was a veteran at that point, so he wouldn't say much. He just kind of looked over, and Brashear said, you know, hey, Brash, hey, Brash. He said, yeah. He said, thanks for the fight. I really appreciate it. He said, no problem, man. Anytime, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. And other guys are like, uh, you know, uh, really upset with one another, yeah, calling yeah. each other names. And, uh, you know, again, it's not printable, and you don't want to put it on the air. But, uh, you know, uh, some guys will do that. You don't find a lot of it anymore. Uh, and, um, you know, obviously me being in a different position now, I don't, I don't see it at all, but, uh, it would have probably happened the other night when, um, when we had that dust up with Seattle, was it Seattle, uh, lost track of who we played in the second game. I guess Cra- it was Seattle. Cracking, yep. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, like our guy 44 there knocks their guy down after he messed with Giroux and then, uh, uh, Steeler picks on. Jamie Elixiak, he's like six seven. He's like a giant, and he can really fight. So he took a few in the helmet. I don't know if Elixiak put ice on his on his hand, but he would. But there's always uh, ice packs and things like that, and you know, guys uh, break fingers, and you know, but that doesn't stop them from being mad at one another. They are legitimately upset with one another when they start that. Yes, yeah, and speaking of being upset with each other, there was uh, going back in time, uh, Ottawa Senators. Um, I remember they. Uh, they did something. Well, a guy I think slashed Mark Recchi, and I think Recchi uh, did he break his arm or he had a he had a fractured his forearm or something. And remember, there was a then the next time they played it was at the Spectrum, and yeah, yep, and and talk talk about that. And didn't you say something inadvertent over the over the microphone? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, well, first of all, the Ty Domi thing when when Ty Ty used to get in the box they'd have to do certain things. And one of the things they did with him, uh, they put uh, an extra two feet of plexi or maybe 18 inches of plexi on the back of the visiting penalty box. Well, the challenge is that they didn't raise the stanchion by the 18 inches. They kept the same stanchion. So when that guy leaned over after he was sprayed, Domi sprayed him, it snapped. And he and the glass came right in the box, at which point Domi, pulled his jacket over his head and started to hit him. Yeah, yeah. Then the referees in there, you know, I mean, it was, it was chaotic. It was wild, but he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but I, he could take a punch. <laughs> they could cement head, you know, I mean. Well, I think they became friends afterwards, punches. right? Didn't, the, didn't that guy, oh, yeah. that fan, like he invited, Ty Domi invited him up, he and his family up to Toronto. Is that right? To, yeah, really? to watch a game and oh. yeah, they, they kind of incredible, friends. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And uh, what was what was that other thing that I, that, I interrupted? The center, the sorry. Ottawa Senators. Remember the recce, oh, and then yeah. they, then all said it was basically everybody getting in the box the next game. Yeah, well, there were a number of uh, fights 
And then it got down to the point where there were hardly any people left. And I was way behind on calling, you know, in the last period, calling the, the penalties. You know, there'd be four guys off, and I'm in the middle doing them. They face off, and there's four more guys. And uh, fi- finally, you know, they were they were doing it. If they didn't wait for the guy to drop the puck, they'd get a misconduct. So they didn't want to do that. Of course, they were throwing them off anyway. And everybody fought everybody. And I finally said, oh, no. I mean, I had I was watching the or had the mic open and I was dealing with I think that's what it was, and um, uh, I'm reading one bunch of penalties and here comes like the third bunch after I'm, I'm already a couple behind, and uh, it's not like they're going to wait for the announcer, but uh, you know the headsets went crazy they went crazy on the headsets when they heard that one so all right uh, yeah I I, I I do I I said some things I remember once coming coming into a game and it was a boring game we were ahead like eight or nine to nothing over Colorado. And, you know, we're looking around, we're looking for girls. And sure enough, I, I look down against the glass and there's a cute blonde down there, short hair, ski jacket on, you know, just come from the, uh, a tan, just came from the mountain or something like that up there in Poconos. So I said to the guy next to me, I said, boy, there's a good looking blonde down there in the first row. At which point my phone rings. And Joe Cadillac says, to the right, or the left. Oh, the microphone was on. Oh yeah, oh, yes, darn sir. microphone. Yeah, and we were on. A, we were in the midst of that thirty-five game unbeaten streak then, so right. nobody seems to care. No, when things are going uh, but, good, uh, stuff like that just. Uh, well, yeah, all, and then also, Lou, I think you were the um, on a T-shirt because I remember yeah. when they had those glow-up. Uh, they gave bracelets. everyone that bracelet, yeah, and then yeah. bracelets went on the uh, ice, and then you got upset at the fans, rightfully so, and. And I think based on yeah. what you said, they made some T-shirts, right? They did. Uh, it was the playoffs, and, and um, one of our guys ran somebody uh, behind the net, and some some of the bracelets that they used to do a light show came out, maybe, uh, you know, like 100 of them or something like that. They sweeped them up, and Paul Dvorsky, the ref, goes over to me and said, no more bracelets, Louis, no more bracelets. I said, okay, no problem. So I just said something about throwing stuff on the ice, and then next thing you know, Bingo. One of the guys does it again, and the arm goes up. We call another penalty, and by then, here comes some more bracelets. Oh. So uh, he says, you got to talk to them. So I, I, I did talk to them, and I, I basically said, you know, you got to have some class here. Show some class, you know. I mean, it's the Philadelphia. You know, don't, uh, don't do it. And uh, I remember being in the Acme, and uh, my phone rang, and uh, PR guy says, uh, one of the marketing guys says, uh, I'll tell you what, he says, I have something to tell you about the game Sunday. This was a Friday night. I said, yeah. He said, we're going to put you on a T-shirt, stay classy Philadelphia. Hmm. I said, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, um, I, um, I was stunned, you know. And I said, well, if you got to do it, you got to do it. I mean, you do what you want to do. Because they already had to print it, I guess, or pay or start it. But we gave out T-shirts like every night back then. And uh, that seemed to be the right thing to do. And I still have people that ask me to sign them and hmm. send me pictures wearing their fake classy T-shirts. T-shirt. So uh, it's been a real, uh, real run, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, and you know what? Something like that, Lou. I know it's not calculated, but you know, you were, you know, being honest. I think Philadelphia fans just love that authenticity. Uh, you know, we had Harry Callis, who was a broadcaster. Uh, you know, certainly, but you know, I think the one thing people loved Harry because he was kind of the everyman. You know, I, you know, yep. we'd win the uh, when we won that first. 
you know, division series in 76, you know, Harry's down there getting sprayed and, you know, he's crying at the end of the broadcast. And, you know, it just, <laughs> it just shows you how, uh, you know, people really do, you know, appreciate that. Well, I, I certainly did. And I, I, I felt the same way about Harry. I love Harry. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's been a privilege to do the stuff I've done mm. and, uh, you know, still at it, still at it, just a little bit different positions, but still having fun with it. Uh, we'll see, you know, as this team goes forward, uh, they're certainly changed. We'll see a little bit more of it tonight. Bruce Line is in, and, uh, he is, uh, he's a difficult guy to play against. Uh, so, uh, he adds another, uh, dimension to, uh, to the rough and tough, uh, I guess we're getting back to it to a certain extent. Right. We just have to remember to be able to kill the penalties. That's yeah. all. <laughs> but, but other than you and do, again, you like the team, uh, Lou this year? I do. And I like the team if, uh, you know, uh, Carter Hart and, uh, and, uh, can, can, can really get back to the form that he needs to be in. Uh, Martin Jones, the same thing. He's got it tonight. So hopefully he'll do well, but uh, yeah, they've added some things, you know, they get that, uh, some, some goal scores now, Atkinson, Dirk Broussard. It changed a little bit. Somebody to add to, you know, the, the guys that we have, like, uh, you know, with Giroux and Konechny and Couturier, you know, you, you go two, two lines deep that are tough now and they can score. So, uh, you know, you've got Scott Lawton as your third line. And he, yeah, it's pretty he's good. He's a hell of a player. Yep. Oh, well, he can t- really play. He can do everything, you know. Reminds me of Bill Barber back in the day. Mm, that's not qu- quite as quite talented. A, Billy yeah. could do everything. That's quite a compliment Billy could there. do everything. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, John and I, yeah. you know, we're, uh, this baseball season's over, Lou, so, uh, you know, we'll be watching for sure. Uh, uh, John, you, you got something over there for Lou? Did well, you warn Lou, by the way? I don't know if I did. So, Lou, <laughs> I apologize if I didn't, but I do have a quick quiz. We give all of our... Um, our guest, and it's about your life, so it should be, it's, and it's multiple choice, and there's eight questions, should go pretty quick, and our, okay. the, the bar Good. we, the bar we set is about six out of eight, so, uh, I think you can get that, and Tom, what does Lou win? Uh, let's see, what does Lou win? Uh, how about, how about hey, tickets to any game he wants to with the Phillies next there year? There you go, just give us a call, and, uh, we'll hang out yeah, with Lou. You and your family, uh-huh. all right? I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fire so, away. And before we even get to that, I know that you you grew up a Phillies fan. I know you're a fan of all the sports. You mentioned you grew up in Southwest Philly. So, you know, I, I guess you fought the Wiz Kids and some of those teams in the sixties, right? Or something. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I was I was born in '45. So in, in '50, my dad took me down to the airport to to see the Wiz Kids come in with their airplane. I remember wow, that. Wow, is that right? That's awesome. As they yeah. came off the plane. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, back in the old airport, you know, what it is now. I don't know what it is now. Huh. Uh, there's uh, maybe knocked down. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool, I must admit. Wow. I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I yeah. remember that. But you'd get to Connie Mack, I guess. Uh, would you go to a lot of Phillies games? Uh, not really a whole lot of them. I, what we used to do is uh, it was a promotion from a cookie company, Berries, Berries Cookies. And if you save enough box tops, you can get, get in free. Nice. My buddies and I would always – Tell everybody we collect them from everybody in the neighborhood and go to games. And, That's great. Yeah, I remember Stan Lapata once hitting the ball over over the left field wow. stands. Mm. Uh, so funny things you remember. Yeah. Huh. 
All right, here we go. Eight questions, as I mentioned, multiple choice. The first question to Lou Nolan. Uh, as you, well, you went to West Catholic Preparatory High School. Which of these celebrities? Which of these celebrities did not go to West Catholic? I'm going to mention three celebrities that went to West Catholic and one did not. You got to tell me the one that did not. All right. Oh boy. Okay. So Let's a, go. A is Big Daddy Graham, comedian, actor, writer, WIP radio personality who unfortunately just passed away. Uh, tremendous guy. I love Big Daddy Graham. Uh, B is Match Game 76 contestant and celebrity Charles Nelson Riley. C is Jim Murray, founder of the Ronald McDonald House and former GM of the Eagles. And D is actor Peter Boyle, whose uh, fans can see him in Everyone Loves Raymond. And he was also the Frankenstein in Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. So is it Big Daddy Graham, uh, Charles Nelson Riley, Jim Murray, or Peter Boyle? B. Charles Nelson Riley. Nelson Riley. I always have a match game seventy six person on there. I always forget uh, about Peter Boyle going there. That <laughs> is awesome. Yes. That is yeah. That. yeah. Oh. All right, you're one for one. We were probably the only high school around. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Question number two. Your first year as PA announcer was the seventy two seventy three season. Who was the oldest flyer on that team? Okay, the oldest flyer on that team was it Wayne Hillman. Ed Van Imp, Barry Ashby, or Simone Nolay? Ed Van Imp. No, Wayne Hillman was a little older. I think Wayne uh, Hillman was, was 34. It's close. That was a four. tough one. Sorry. That was, was a he no. still with the team then? Yes. Well, it said it. Yes. Ac sure? According okay. to my research, but uh -oh. I always I always flub at least one question, so we'll yeah. we'll see. John's research. I'll go <laughs> back. Doesn't, John doesn't have much of a research department. All right, this is a no-brainer. You announced the Frozen Four in 2014. Uh, you had Minnesota, North Dakota, Boston College, and Union. Who won? Oh, that's easy. Union. I know that with a Shane Gus with a ghost, right? The ghost. Yep. All yep. right. Very ghost. good. The ghost that, during the game, I'm announcing the goals and uh, and uh, so forth, and I looked at stuff afterwards. They won seven to four, I think. He was plus seven. Plus wow. seven. How about that? Wow. Took over. It's unheard of, right there. Yeah. Um, all right. right you you good. also do, you've you've done tons. Of, we didn't even get to your. You know, I wish we had like two hours with you because um, you, you've you've announced so many different things, the Olympics, and but you also did the 2014 NHL entry draft. And the draft featured the first ever selection of a player from Australia or Oceania, you want to call it the continent. Who was that player uh -oh. from Australia? Well, you can you can do more from the uh, you can knock people off. Aaron Ekblad, A. B. Sam Reinhart, D. C. David Pasternak, D. Nathan Walker. So is it Aaron Ekblad, Sam Reinhart, David Pasternak, or Nathan Walker? I'll have to go A because I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Walker. Sorry. I have that was no a, idea. That yeah. was a tough and one. I'm glad you didn't use me as your lifeline, Lou, because I had no idea on that. That was one. a tough right, we'll, Oh, I didn't even know I had a lifeline. <laughs> you have a lifeline. Can I make a call on that? I'll call Gary Bettman. <laughs> there you go. Call Bettman. All right. Uh, who is the all-time Flyers leader in penalty minutes with 1,815? Uh, is it Holmgren, Moose DuPont, Dave Schultz, or Rick Tockett? Tockett. Tockett yeah. is correct. Yeah, that one I knew. All right. You got that one. Um, you were the PA announcer for the Phantoms during the 2004-05 season when the NHL season was canceled due to the lockout. Who was the leading point scorer for the Phantoms that year with 65? Was it R.J. Umberger, Jonathan Sim, Patrick Sharp, or, uh, as you said, the Fridge? Todd Fedorik. The Phantoms? For the, the Phantoms. The Phantoms we're talking about, right? Yep, Phantoms. 2004-05. 
leading point scorer for the Phantoms the year you, you did their PA announcing, was it R.J. Umberger, Jonathan Sim, Patrick Sharp, or Todd Fedorik? Wow. Well, I don't think Fedorik would ever get 65 points. <laughs> and I'm not sure that Sharp ever played uh, for the Phantoms. So, uh, so what Sim, were the other two? Sim, Jonathan Sim and R.J. Umberger. Oh, boy. I'm taking Sim. Oh, it was ah, R.J. Umberger. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's all right. I'm never going to break any records on the quiz. <laughs> You're still getting the tickets, though. You only have two more questions. Yeah, we're still going to hang out with Liv. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're still going to get your tickets. All right. Uh, all th- right. This one is this one's, this, I don't, uh, this is bad on my part. You all, I just wanted to, to showcase all the things you did. And one of the cool things you did, the NCAA Final Four in 1976, the Spectrum. I don't know if you know that. With did Bobby that. Knight in his plaid jacket. Uh, uh, Indiana. Do you remember who was the tournament's most outstanding player, if I give you the uh, multiple choice? Maybe. All right. It was either A, Indiana's Scott May, B, Michigan's Ricky Green, C, Indiana's Kent Benson, or D, Indiana's Quinn Buckner. So was it Scott? I'll take Buckner. I was going to say actually, Benton. It was Kent Benson. Benson. Yeah, did you know that? I remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Benson? Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. had a big game. He had a lot of rebounds and points that game yep. in the championship. Oh, well. That's all right. But you know what? If you get this last one, we are going to get you tickets anywhere you want to sit. Because Lou can't get tickets to a Phillies game, yeah, I'm sure. But, but but go this, ahead. This is, this is going to be a special one. Right. Fanatic seats. Oh, right? yes. yes. All right. As we mentioned, the Flyers played the Red Army in 1976. Which Russian did Ed Van Amp lay out, causing the Russian coach Konstantin Loktev to pull his team off the ice when no penalty was called? Was it Vladimir Petrov, Valery Karlamov, Anatoly Fursov, or Viktor Kuzkin? Karlamov. Karlamov is correct. Is. And there you have it. All right, Lou. You did a good job. Yeah, it was a hard, that was a hard that one. That was a layup. You guys remember that. That's a layup. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you, John, you mentioned the uh, Fanatic seats, but I, I got I to gotta ask Lou because uh, I'm best friends with the Philly Fanatic, but I'm – I'm a, I heard that. I'm I heard a, that. I'm a very good friend of uh, Gritty, who you know is awesome. Uh, what you think when Gritty hit the scene, Lou? Uh, first game, I wasn't quite sure. I had gotten a little preview, a little snapshot of what he looked like, and I said, "Hmm." But um, then his personality, yeah, uh, took hold. Uh, first game, fans didn't know it. They had food. They had not food. And then we put him out there in the second period. And he uh, put a hip check on a couple of goalies that were in a goalie race. Okay. And he could skate. He does everything. And the fans fans began to like him. I like the guy. The guy's a great guy. He's nuts. The stuff he does. He's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, his sidekicks get hit with pies and balls <laughs> and hammers and wrenches and all kind of stuff like that. Well, that's so. interesting you say that, Luke, because I think your reaction was kind of uh, how Philadelphia fans thought at first. You know, at first, weren't sure, and then once he started doing his thing, you know, he won him over, I, which I also is great, think it was. You know? I also think it was once he became fodder for the national media, well, yeah. then all of a sudden then... Well, oh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. Yeah, and the then Penguins I think Philadelphia... Right, yeah. I think Philadelphia said, we can bust on him, yep. but you can as a Pittsburgh or anywhere else in the country. Yes. And that's when I think the fans... That one. Galvanized around. Yeah, they around, rallied around. Uh, Philly gritty. rallied around Gritty. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, good stuff, Lou. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on, uh, John and I. You know, uh, we're we're just kind of real uh, happy to know you and honored to know you, and uh, just big fans. So, and congrats uh, on the fifty seasons. Yeah, fifty years. I mean, it's thank just you. it's thank just you. great. So. And and the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. What's that? And the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. They've several years oh, back. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be at the back with this year, so it's, it's it's a good one. Maybe I'll see you guys there. Awesome. Well, great, Lou. Again, hey, listen, I, I I appreciate the chance to be on with you. Uh, and you know, it's uh, it's one of the guys from the neighborhood. That's me. So you know, just happened to just happened to talk for a hockey team. That's the way it is. Well, good luck this season. Uh, good luck tonight. Uh, we're taping this on Wednesday, so good luck against the Bruins. And uh, we'll go we'll go from there. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds Lou. good, guys. Thanks again. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Thank Lou. you. Bye-bye. Right. There he is, John. Awesome. Lou Nolan. You know, and uh, there really is something to be said for, well, you can have 50 years in one place doing anything. I think you, it's authentic. And he's a Philly guy, you know, doesn't walk around, you know, with airs and just, you know, he's just one of, he's one of us. And, you know, what a career he's, he's made out. And he's one of those guys who I, I think he appreciates every moment he has doing that job. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And, you know, you mentioned Dan Baker also, yeah. you know, 50 seasons. And then you look at over the Sixers, you know, Matt Court hasn't been doing it 50 years, mm. but Matt's been doing that for, I don't know, 25 yeah, years, right? Yeah, long time. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, you and know, Zinc before, I forgot, I meant to ask uh, Lou about Zinc. He probably had a couple uh, Zinc stories, but. Uh, well, because Zinc, I think, did a little bit, might have. Uh, Zinc did a little Phillies, right? Uh, he was the longtime Sixers. I know, guy. but didn't he do a little Phillies or not uh, really? Not I thought I I, Larry uh, Shank did some research that really uh, that Scott Brandon sent to me. So uh. I think he threw that to me, throw me off because he wanted to have me yeah. make a mistake. Oh, damn, Dan doesn't miss a game. So Dan's been doing it since you know seventy two, right? Yeah, so, no, I think uh, this is like well before that, but I but okay. I'm, I'm probably wrong. That yeah. Thing. Uh, but yeah, Lou Nolan is a is a Philadelphia treasure. Yes, uh, and the Flyers organization. Love those guys. I yeah. mean, Bernie Perrant, uh, Joe Watson, uh, just every, Bob Kelly, the Hound. You know, they're still you still see these guys. You know, once you win a championship yeah. in Philadelphia, you're never forgotten. Yeah, you're, they're still you're always here. a hero. And they're yeah, just all great guys. And you know, we had that uh, was it a couple of years ago. We had a Flyers night here. We couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic. And then this year, it didn't happen. But I think Lou came over and did the starting lineups. Yep. And uh, you know, I just love how. I always love it when the four teams are yep. all on the same page. Yep, you know? and we're very so. good with the relationships with all the different teams. Oh, great. for sure, for great sure. To see. All right, John. Well, another great episode. All right. Thanks to Lou Nolan, and uh, thank you, John, for uh, being you. <laughs> thank you, John, for, <laughs> for being you. <laughs> all right, brother. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Phillies Backstage. <laughs>